Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it, and now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> Honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! All right, man. Let's look at this. Uh, let's look at this men's basketball roster here. Khalif Battle uh, transferred out of Temple. The last three years, he's averaged thirty minutes or more. You'd expect that he might get the same kind of run at Arkansas. Trevin Brazil. I don't know if he'll be thirty minutes a game, but he's certainly in the rotation. But by conference play, you know, depending on his health, by conference play, I think Brazil will be one of those guys that, uh, yeah, what, what, twenty six to thirty minutes a game, something. Like, I don't think we'll have an Anthony Black. I think Debo will probably lead the team in minutes again. Uh, but yeah, Brazil. I think, man, if Brazil's healthy, Phil, I mean, that's a mismatch nightmare. That's no a that's a Final Four team. LLS last year at Louisville, 36 minutes a game. You know, Debo, I, Debo is a guy that's never averaged anything less than 24 at Arkansas. The, so out of the, the, the clips I've seen, Phil, L. Ellis, I think the dude, uh, I think he's going to be a star. I think he might be a guy that can go for us. Now, Alan I wanna, Perry had a lot to say about him yesterday. I want to get my eyes on him a little more and, and be able to watch him. But the clips I've seen and some of his highlights from his, his previous stop, I, I think he might be that guy that's our go-getter. Then Jay Harris, who transferred in from Southern Miss, he averaged 24 minutes last year. Chandler Lawson, almost 20 minutes. Um, Tremont Mark at Houston, 29 and a half minutes. Man, that's a that's a defensive scrappy guy right there, coming from a Calvin Sampson. Uh, I mean, this that protege. You don't get on the floor for for Coach Sampson if you don't play defense. That's that should translate really good. And what was Houston a Final Four team last year? Is that is that correct? Or were they Elite Eight? They were up there, right? Yeah, they were. Oh, I don't remember where they finished last year, but I mean, they've been great. <laughs> they've been great for the last like four or five years. Jeremiah Davenport at Cincinnati averaged twenty-five to twenty-eight minutes over his uh, three years there. So I mean, you see where I'm going with this. Then these are all the guys that have been in college basketball for either four or five years, or in their fourth year. In Debo's case, and Tremont Mark's case. So that is that is one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight players, and even throw in Makai Mitchell. Uh, didn't even mention Jalen Graham. Didn't mention Joseph Pinion. You know, I mean, it's this is one of the things that makes watching the non-conference portion of the Arkansas schedule so interesting because the rotation will start larger, and then slowly but surely it'll start to shrink to where you're going to be at seven to eight players. Like that is that is in that seems to be in Muss's DNA. Like I feel Matt, I think Matt, I think Eric Musselman can coach almost any style of basketball as long as you're going to play hard, tough defense. Then I think they they can he, he can figure out a system that works depending on the strengths and weaknesses of his players. But where I'm not sure that 
he changes on a year-by-year basis is like the amount of players that he feels that he trusts to put out there to play 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes a game. You know, so if I mention all these other guys, like 10 players, without even, without even saying Bay Fall or Joseph Pinion, you know, these are, these are two guys that you brought in yourself. They, 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 this was the first place they chose to play. So you would assume that they get a chance to at least show what they can do non-conference, and then you kind of take it from there. Because what you see as far as rotations go in November and December, man, it really shrinks once you get into January. Yeah, his his style. I, I like his style. His his style on offense is they don't take a lot of of bad shots. You know, they they share the ball well. That's one thing I I really liked about Coach Muss's team last year. I, I know we were young. They they had a lot of talent, but they they pass the ball and it's they don't overpass. You know, you can't overpass. They man, they're getting the easy shot. They're they're making the right basketball play. Uh, it's like their their basketball IQ goes up ten points just by being coached by Co- Coach Musselman. Yeah, and and also in some cases their minutes go down by being coached by Eric Musselman. Part of it is the jump up in competition. You remember um, oh, who was it? Vance Jackson was that the name? He transferred. I think it was New Mexico into Arkansas. He'd been a guy at New Mexico, and he barely saw the floor at Arkansas. Well, averaged, averaged under twelve minutes a game in the one year. And you're like, well, what happened there? That's what happened with Jalen Graham last He's year. He's the most Jekyll and Hyde player I've seen. There, there were times he'd get on the floor and coach would take him out after two trips down the court. Then there'd be times where he's unstoppable and he'd give you 12 points in eight minutes. And he's got his reasons for it. And it was obvious reasons anytime you watched him. You know, um, you know, so, I mean, there's an instance of somebody that averaged, Graham averaged 24 minutes in two years at Arizona State. This, what is it like a starter? It's not playing 30, 35 minutes a game, but 24 minutes a game out of a game that goes 40 minutes, it's, it's a decent chunk of it. He averaged 9.4 minutes for Arkansas last year. That's going to go up. I mean, it looked like he grew. I think, what was he listed at on the roster last year? 6'9"? Well, now he's 6'10". And if he grew, the more, intri- the more, the more important thing is did he grow as a basketball player, and I mean, you know, reading about him and hearing what he's talking about, he's saying all the right things. But that's another instance of somebody who is fighting for minutes. You know, that's what, that's what makes even this exhibition game tomorrow interesting. And the one against Purdue is totally different because now you're fighting against a seven-foot-one center in Zach, in, uh, <laughs> in Zach. And then it's like, all right, well, you're going to face some guys like that throughout the year. Um, but that, that one feels like a little bit different. Playing against Purdue, uh, I'm thinking Zach Eady. Now that that Purdue team last year didn't didn't they only have like one Big Ten loss? They were a number one seed. Did they lose on the opening weekend, or was it the very first game? They they kind of uh, they didn't really accomplish their goal, but they did. They're Big Ten champs, I believe. Purdue. I mean, that kid, that seven four kid or seven two kid. I, you don't know how much he's going to play. Uh, but it will be a challenge, you know. It'll be it'll be a challenge. I mean, the the kid from UConn, the six ten big body kid, he he absolutely destroyed us last year. So it'll be a good challenge to know that that's the type of team you're going to have to beat if you want to, you know, make it to the final four. You're going to have to beat a, a team like Purdue late in the year. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. If you want to uh, ask a question or even get in on the phones, we'll start taking calls in the next segment. Uh, Brandon in Paris asked earlier, do you think this is the year Musk expands his typical eight-man roster? I said, I, d- I doubt it. I mean, that's the thing to me that stands out about Musk, aside from the idea that he can build a basketball roster in a thousand different ways and that I think he plays to his team's strengths rather than trying to get his team to play to his Ab- system absolutely. outside of defense, which really is just is really about hustle and, and being strong, and I think they and work under, on that. And but under, I don't see him changing, Matt, that he is still a seven- to eight-player rotation coach. And, and understanding where your help is on defense, you know, understanding how to, to, to make your guy go to, to, to where your help is. I mean, it's... Um, who, who were we talking with yesterday? Clay talking about the, these guards at the, the top level, one-on-one. Man, most of these guards can get by you. So you have to understand where your help is, and, and you can't leave your man. You know, you got to understand who the shooter is. You can't get pinned down low. There's concepts that, you know, going from high school to college that you have to learn because you're usually the best athlete on the floor, and, and you just brought this up, that this veteran team, they've learned a lot of those concepts. They've, they've played a lot of college basketball minutes. You realize, though, if a player is paying attention to, to how, to how Mus has run the team, they're taking a little bit of a chance 
by leaving your program and joining at Arkansas. Just just watching that other players have had success somewhere else doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get on the floor for Arkansas. That is not a guarantee. So there is a little bit of a chance that they take by you know, accepting the offer and coming to play for Arkansas. But, man, with it, where there's risk, there's a heck of a lot of reward, too. Well, well who is that, the, the D-back from Alabama, said when coach is getting on you, you know, you want to be coached. I think players, when you come play for Coach Musselman, you know he's going to be fiery. He's going to get on you. He's going to coach you. And good players, want they want to be coached. They want to be taught. They they, they want and, – and the other thing that, that I love is – I always wanted to play with the best athletes you could play with. And that's, they got an, a collection of talents. I mean, this team is super talented. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt they're super talented. And, and one of the other fun things to watch, and, and you just have to expect that this is, this is how it happens under Muss and, and shouldn't be a surprise because it's four years. He's been the coach that it takes a little bit of time for that chemistry to build and yeah, we you can talk about spending time together during the summer and practicing well together in the early portion of fall, but that chemistry doesn't really start showing itself until you're playing in games together. And well, it you, starts tomorrow because the exhibition games do count in that sense. That's really uh, you know do you count the, do you count that in um, in a red white game? I don't look at scrimmages the same way when it comes to basketball. These guys know the other player's strength because they battle against these guys on a day-by-day basis. The chemistry, building that chemistry starts tomorrow, at least as far as getting between the lines and the ball's up and you're playing somebody else. It's more important. Yep, calling out screens. There's there's nothing worse than to make one of your teammates mad. You know, the guard's bringing the ball down and, and, and the big doesn't call out the screen and you just get popped. Uh, you know, you, you have to talk on defense, communication, the best defensive teams. I was at the, the final four when, when the Florida Gators, Joakim Noah, Corey Brewer, uh, Al Harford, they, they played Mike Conley and Greg Oden. And, and you could hear the Florida Gators on defense talking the entire game, calling out, help up here, got you down low, watch behind your screen. I mean, just the communication was unreal. You have to do that if you're going to play defense fired up about basketball season starting Matt I mean I know you're a football player but there's something about you that screams basketball I know how much you love the sport basketball is pretty cool um I've uh you know I'm a a fan of competition um basketball no matter what it is if it's basketball baseball football you like competition uh basketball has a lot of soccer concepts in it they are in, in the same thing and basketball has a lot of um you know, down the field receiver concepts where you're making a triangle, the way you rub routes and, the, and the, some, some certain things. So it all translates. That's why I tell kids, play all the sports you can as you know, while you're young. Don't just focus on one thing because they, they do it's have things that translate. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Bob, hey, happy uh, happy basketball media day number two. What's going on in Birmingham? Well, it just started to rain. I was actually having lunch with a friend, and I stepped outside, but thankfully I'm under the awning at the patio. So, yeah, it just started to rain, even though it's supposed to rain today. But it was raining in, uh, actually, we're in Mountain Brook, I guess, technically. Yeah, it's raining, yep. Man, these... Uh, otherwise... Bob, these basketball media days are just action packed. I mean, you break you break football media days into what four different days, so all the coaches have a lot of time to talk and then talk to everybody else as they go through room after room after room. You heard from everybody yesterday. I mean, how do you keep up on all of this? Well, you don't. It's hard. I miss I missed a couple of coaches just because Eric and uh, the, the players there, Devo and Trent Brazil. So you know, 
I mean, they have their formal time, right? With Eric's got or every coach has got twenty minutes, but then you get to get a little extra time. He's nice enough when he's you know gets there and is having some lunch to talk with the media who's there, and we get the players a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy because basically it starts at nine a.m. I mean, the interviews, and then they wrap up about six. You know, Chris Jans, the Mississippi State coach, was was the last guy. And he got a few questions, but he, one, either a lot of the media's left by that time. Everybody just kind of tired. He just kind of said, hey, guys, thanks for sticking around. I mean, I don't think he was, he was upset or anything. It's just tough to go last. And, of course, they're not going to make John, John Calipari go last or Eric or somebody like that, Nate Oates or whoever. But, yeah, it's a long day. And, you know, I started thinking, I was talking something about this. Next year they're heading Texas and OU. So what are they going to do there? They're going to start it at, at 8 a.m. and go till I don't know. It's. It's crazy because they used to spread it out more, but I think during football season, they uh, you know they don't want uh, they want to encourage media to come. And if they did it two days for the men and two days for the women, that's four days. Pretty hard to do if you're covering football too. So um, you know it's just a it's just a tough situation. But yeah, there's long days here for sure. Bob, is is there is it like uh, anything like football media days where you don't really learn anything? Did you learn anything about any of these teams? Yeah, oh yeah, I learned some stuff about Arkansas. Uh, you know, D- D- I talked to Devo primarily. They've got to talk to Trevor a little bit. Like, I think he's feeling real good with his knee, but I don't know if he's going to play in the exhibit. They're having an exhibition game tomorrow night against the uh, University of Texas at Tyler. It's a D2 school in Tyler, Texas, as you might imagine. And um, But, you know, I think Trevin's you know, ready to go. But, you know, it's like Eric said, they don't necessarily need him against Tyler. They want him ready for March. And he said, yeah, Khalif Bell, who missed a red-white game um, with some kind of foot soreness, he, he's, he'll probably be available tonight. Not sure he'll play. They're obviously going to be careful. Um, and I think everybody's just, like he said, everybody's ready to play somebody else. I mean, I know Texas Tyler doesn't probably excited right now. The Purdue game the next week, that's pretty exciting on the open date. But, um, yeah, you find out some things. That, you know, I, I got to talk to Connor Vanover. He was here from Missouri. Missouri brought four players. They only have two kind of do the formal interviews, but I ran into Connor, so I got a nice interview with him. I'll be doing an update on Connor and, you know, Alan Flanagan, who's uh, from Little Rock Parkview. He was at Auburn with his dad, was an assistant. Wes with uh, Bruce Pearl. Now they're both at Ole Miss with Chris Beard, the, the former UALR coach. So, uh, you know, got to talk to Chris and ask coaches about him. So, it's uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty productive time. You know, you get to talk to, you know, Todd Golden, the Florida coach, knew Eric Musselman from being at, on the West Coast together, and he had some information about Eric and why I think he's so good in the transfer portal, and I'll be working up for a story. So yeah, it's a pretty productive time. All right, so, Bob, um, yeah. Seth Greenberg, I see Scotty Bordelon writing about this. He says it's a typical must team. I'll tell you what that means to me, and then you tell me you know, what you think of what a typical must team is. Typical must team is going to play hard defense no matter what. He's going to, he's going to fit an offensive game plan or scheme to the players that are on the court or on his team or that he feels he can trust to give anywhere from 20 to 35 minutes a game. It's also a rotation of seven to eight players. It doesn't start like that, but that's where you get to once you're into the SEC. And by the time you're in the tournament, you know exactly who's going to get the minutes and at what time, or at least you feel like that. But there are more players on this team this year, the way it's made up, that are used to playing 20 or more minutes a game than seven or eight. So, I mean, that's what makes this non-conference portion so interesting. So what do you think Seth Greenberg means when he says typical Eric Musselman team? Well, I, I think, you know, the points you hit on, I also think it's an older team, right? Um, you know, Eric was at, you know, Kentucky's got eight freshmen, and, you know, they're probably all going to be one-and-done guys for most of them are. And, you know, in this day and age, you know, talents look great, right? But Arkansas had, had uh, three freshmen last year who all got drafted real high with, with uh, you know, Anthony Black and, and, and Nick Smith and, and Jordan Walsh. And they were all very good players. I think they're all going to be good pros. But, you know, maybe I think – and then he had other freshmen, too. They, I think six freshmen was a little too much for Eric, and he, he, he more or less said that yesterday. So I think this is more of a typical Eric team. They have two really good freshmen, maybe great freshmen – and, and Fayball and, and uh, 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 you know, Landon Blocker. But um, he's got a more experienced team. He's got a bunch of seniors, not just seniors, but seniors now who have been like Devo Davis, four-year guy, 
got Makai Mitchell and Jalen Graham are back, and Joseph Pena's back for his second year. Um, and so I think he's got a more experienced team just in college. You know, some, oh, and uh, you know, Davenport, is, uh, I think he's 24. He's an older guy from Cincinnati. And so I think it's more a, a team that Eric's liking, it, their experience in college and in their experience in his system having been here. And I, I don't think you'll ever see Eric having six freshmen again. Bob, uh, I, I do want to uh, ask you uh, something about this football team uh, coming up. With, so change change it up a little bit. Uh, how, how much, and, and I know we talk a little bit about this, but will the sky be falling if we don't win this game against Mississippi State? How much, how bad does this Arkansas Razorback team need a victory? Well, real bad. I mean, bad enough that, that Sam Pittman all but said it's a must win. I mean, how many times do you hear coaches say you got to win this game? I mean, even if they believe that and feel that and, the fan base knows, the media knows, and everybody knows. It's very rare you hear a coach say that. I, I give Sam uh, Pittman credit for not ignoring the elephant in the room. I mean, they got to win this game. And it doesn't mean their season's going to turn around and they're going to you know, definitely go to a bowl game. Well, you've lost five in a row, and they've had a, a really tough, tough time. And, you know, I tell people, I know nobody likes losing, but look at those four games and tell me how many teams – would do real well against that stretch. I don't think a whole lot would. And of course, they put themselves in a hole by losing to BYU, a solid team, but one they should have beaten. But um, they've really let themselves no margin for error. Certainly, if they want to go bowl game, they can only lose one more game. And they still got to go to Gainesville, where they've never won. They've got to play what looks to be a pretty good Missouri team. So, um, you know, Mississippi State's desperate for a win, too. But Arkansas's at home. It, it's, I mean, it's hard to compare scores, right? But Mississippi State got blasted at home by LSU. A team Arkansas took the wire in Baton Rouge. They they got blasted at home by Alabama. A team Arkansas took the wire in Tuscaloosa. So on paper, you know Arkansas looks like the better team. That's why they're they're favored. But you know they were favored to be BYU too. But yeah, it's a, they got to win this game. And I like I say I, I give credit to Sam Pittman for not shying away from that and not shying away from the obvious, which sometimes coaches have a tendency to do. There's a difference, Bob, between where you want to see improvement and where the capability to improve actually might lie. So offensively, where do you think that Arkansas can improve? I'm talking football here. Again, a difference between what you'd like to see, what you want to see, and what might actually be possible. Well, you know, Mississippi State, this is kind of a bit of a surprise because Zach Arnett, their, their new coach, was their former defense coordinator, but Mississippi State has really struggled on, on defense. Particularly in the passing game, I mean, Western Michigan quarterback, a backup, lit them up during their last game for an open date. So, I'm anticipating Arkansas will be able to pass the ball very well um, because if Western Michigan can do it, I think KJ Jefferson Arkansas could do it. Of course, to do that, he's going to have to get some help. He's going to have to get some pass blocking. But I thought the pass blocking was not terrible last week against a really good Alabama team. So, I think there was some reason for encouragement. But I think based on what Mississippi State's done this season. In pass defense, there's every reason to believe Arkansas can exploit that. And, and K.J. Jefferson, especially an older quarterback, um, you know, I think Arkansas will be able to move the ball through the air in this game. Uh, Bob, you know, it's a team game. Football's the ultimate team game, and, and we do talk about individuals a little bit, but we, we know it's a team game. Which one of these, that being said, which one of these running backs do you want to see, uh, either A.J. Green or DeBinion, or, or maybe somebody you haven't seen uh, that much this year? Well, it'd be nice to see Rocket Sanders, right? <laughs> we know that's not going to happen this week, and I don't know about the rest of the year, but I'd like to see more A.J. Green. I mean, he's he's got uh, the best average. I think he had 44 yards on nine carries last week, or maybe it was only six. I know he's he's had his shoulder banged up, so that might be why they're not putting him out there as much. And I think Rashad DeBillion's a, a good uh, player, although he had Russ Sledden running the ball last week. He had a, the uh, touchdown catch, but I'd like to see – what A.J. Green could do if he gets, you know, 18, 20 carries a game and kind of gets what you would have anticipated Rocket Sanders doing. Doesn't mean you don't give Dominion the ball, too. Um, Dominic Johnson, all due respect, I think he's showing the effects of having back-to-back knee surgeries because, you know, he obviously hasn't been the player he was before those, and I take no pleasure in saying that, but I think it's pretty obvious. And uh, so I'd like to see A.J. Green, you know, get get a lot of carries and see what they can do, Um, you know, not just, eight or nine carries, but how about 18 or 20 carries? What, what was what, what was the deal with you and Chris Beard yesterday? Just getting a lot of play. And it's it's two media days in a row now. We're looking at basketball media days, Bob. I mean, last year there was there was the back and forth 
with you and Cal, which was very entertaining. Um, Chris Beard did a little more of the talking yesterday, but it just, I don't know, it's like, does he know that the university is in Fayetteville and not in Little Rock? I I think he does, considering he goes to UALR. I think he was just having some fun. I don't know him real well, uh, but I know him a little bit. You know, uh, Arkansas, when Mike Anderson was there, they, they Arkansas played at Texas Tech when Chris was there, and obviously... Uh, Arkansas uh, played Texas Tech in the NCAA tournament, beat him a couple of years ago, and Eric, and he had a little bit of a history. Nevada had played Texas Tech, but um, I know obviously things didn't end well for Chris Beard at Texas. He's gotten a fresh start at Ole Miss, but, um, you know, off the court, things aside, I think he's, everybody would agree he's a pretty accomplished coach, but, you know, he's a local guy. I always go for the local angle, so I was going to ask him about uh, – uh, Keith Carter, the old Miss AD who hired him, who's from Perry, Arkansas, and played for Ole Miss. And before I could kind of get in the quick, you're going to ask me another Arkansas question. I said, well, sort of. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you about your, your AD who's from Arkansas. And he started talking about restaurants in Little Rock and asked me if I'd been here or there. And I said, well, I live in Fayetteville. And he said, well, Little Rock's the capital, which I would say, well, I don't cover, I'm not the capital bureau. If I was the capital reporter, I'd live in Little Rock. I cover University of Arkansas, the SEC. So there go, I live. You know, Fayetteville is basically the capital of athletics in Arkansas, right? No offense to Little Rock. And so it's just kind of a funny thing. Some people thought, I guess, he was trying to intimidate me or something. I think he was having some fun, and I was having some fun. But, yeah, you're right. did get a lot of uh, play on social media. But, yeah, I think, he, I think he was just having some fun. Bob, he doesn't know you well enough. He, you can't be intimidated. That's that's, that's what I was going to say. Well, and no, I really, I really don't th- I, I don't think he was trying to intimidate me. I think he was just trying to have a light moment. Trying to have a little personality. He came. He came by and said, "Hey, enjoyed it," and shook my hand. And no, I, I mean, actually, I'm not going to pretend I know Chris Beard real well, but I have no problem with him, and I don't think he has a problem with me. I think that was just a kind of a fun exchange, and you know. But yeah, anybody thinks that was a, a heated discussion or a negative thing, I think they're they're misinterpreting it. I think he was just having some fun, and I was trying to have some fun too. You're the great guy to have fun with, Bob. We do it every Thursday with you, and we always appreciate that. Thanks for your time, man. <laughs> Okay, you guys take care. Thanks, Bob. Bob Holtz in Birmingham at SEC Media Days, and apparently Chris Beard's trying to uh, lighten everybody else's opinion of him by having a little fun with Bob Holt, too. Hey, I, I agree with Bob. Let's. I'd love to see uh, A.J. Green uh, get, get anywhere from 15 to 18 touches. Uh, I'd love to see what he can do. Love to see what Bob Holt can do. If he Could you imagine if he was a political journalist in on some of those press conferences? Man, I mean, he's a great sports reporter. Maybe he should have been a political reporter. These days, we need we need someone who asks the right questions in those press conferences. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM.
Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> But when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step clumping cat litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter Gamble Company or its affiliates. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at kevinhickeylaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now back to the podcast. We have Brett Dolan coming up in a little bit. Brett's got the Michigan Michigan State game for Touchdown Radio. Second week in a row in the Big 10. I think it's 3 weeks in a row because he was at Penn State. A couple weeks ago, I had Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, and then uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Going to be an ugly one, though. Going to be a really ugly one. I, I want to find out who his his top four is right now and, and what he thinks there. Florida State's still in it. You know it's going to work itself out, Phil, with Penn State, Ohio State. One of them has to take an L, so they're going to be they're going to drop down, uh, and then you'll have Michigan and Ohio State. It's, it's going to work itself out, but is that Oklahoma? I'm looking. I see Oklahoma at six, and I just – I think that Texas win was was pretty big, and and I would I would have them up there overall. I'd have a uh, is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Oklahoma would be my 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 top four right now. I mean, I would go and I would agree with you on that. Uh, again, I was looking at Washington, maybe a little bit. I got them at five. Yeah, they're 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 the next in. Yeah, all changes next year. By now, you're gonna have to do a top twelve, Matt. We'll just be talking about the teams that get a buy as our top four. It changes the conversation too, you know. I mean, this Penn State Ohio State game would it still have the cachet this this week? Would would you still think because this one's this one's a, a one where if Penn State loses, Ohio State loses, they're gonna have to get help uh, if they're gonna want to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, I think that the cachet is still there because it's brand names, you know, logo schools, so to speak, uh, huge stadiums. Uh, uh, would you call it a storied rivalry? Penn State's only been in the Big Ten for 30 years now, so yeah, I mean, you could say that. <clears throat> Nationally prominent programs. What's Penn State won a title in, with uh, Kerry Collins? Was that uh, 95, or did they not win one? Michigan won one with, um, oh, the quarterback he played for... Um, Played for the Broncos for a little bit. Why can't I think his name? But I remember the last title. Penn State they, might have been in the eighties. The last time they won a national yeah, I mean, title. Yeah, the last national yeah. title Penn State won was with. Um, they beat Miami. Yeah, it was the, the, the Vinny Testaverde yeah. Miami. They had like team, five or right. six interceptions in that. I mean, had no business winning that game. And, and they had an uh, undefeated year yeah. where Nebraska finished ahead of them. Okay. And this, there, there was one of the those was one of the years. I think, forget if it was ninety four or ninety five. Brian Greasy. One of those two years was the quarterback. Yeah, at Michigan. I was thinking of him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Penn State and Nebraska finished undefeated. They didn't play each other. Penn State played in the Rose Bowl, Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. And to me, that was one of those years where, I mean, just a couple years before, you would split a national title with Georgia Tech and Colorado. I think there was another split title a couple years after that. And then a real controversy. Two undefeated teams, both from major conferences, uh, both were dominant, and and yet you still have, you're forced to pick one over the other. That, to me, was one of those years where, You started to realize we got to figure out a better way to do this, and and it, so that leads to the BCS, and just the idea of just putting two teams in for a national title. And I think there was some distaste of of leaving it up to computers and algorithms. 
although people weren't using the word algorithm that as often then as we do now for all of the music apps and social media and everything. And then it goes to the, the playoff, which is supposed to be a little bit more uh, equal, I guess, because there's four teams getting in, but now it's all human element, and now we're going to 12. And that feels right, but it does change the meaning of, of a lot of these games. Cachet and meaning of the games to me is a little different because if you get, like, there's always going to be cachet when, in the Iron Bowl just because it's Auburn versus Alabama. Same with uh, the cocktail party next week, Georgia, Florida. It's just, it's, it's big-time names, big-time schools. They, they hate each other. The fans go at it. Some, they used to be played in some neutral sites. I know Penn State, Ohio State hasn't been neutral site games, but I think the cachet is still there. It's just the meaning next year is much different. It's not an air of finality if you lose the game. You know, it's like, well, now our national title content, our national title hopes are gone. That's not the case next year. Not even close. Yeah, it's it's like a uh, Notre Dame, LSU. These these are teams that their season, their goals, it's it's over. I think USC even uh, they're they're going to take another L. They're they're but they haven't yet that one loss they could still get in there. But yeah, that once you get to two losses, Phil. It's uh, you're just not going to be in the final four. You mentioned USC, and I realize we haven't even brought up the the topic that uh, apparently Caleb Williams' father. He's trying to pull a Lionel Messi right there, huh? No, he's telling yeah, telling teams that apparently Caleb expects to get a slice of ownership of the team that he signs with that drafts him. How ridiculous of a thought is this? It's 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 asinine to 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 expect to to get partial ownership of the team you play in just because you got a Heisman and it's the top overall pick uh makes no sense to me whatsoever um there's i don't even know which direction to go with it i mean talk about a sense of entitlement that's just moronic i, I mean i could see if you said hey if i if we if we win a super bowl you know just just because you're drafting me that doesn't make any sense it kind of has something in the league it first has a, for crying out loud a lavar ball feel to it a little bit you know you just wonder uh the situation if if you would do you want a guy like that if he, is he going to hear the outside noise or is he going to be your quarterback you know who is he listening to well, and these franchises are worth billions of dollars, too, Matt. I mean, you get a little slice of that ownership. I mean, all in a, automatically, automatically you're in, a different, you're in a different stratosphere than anybody else that's picked in the first round or any other pick that's ever come before you. I mean, I guess, I could, I guess you could uh, give an attaboy for creativity of ways to make sure certain teams don't pick you. Because if I was the owner of a team, I wouldn't want my rookie quarterback also having a little bit of a say in what we do with the franchise it's 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 stupid makes no sense uh let's go to the mcclarty daniel hotline charlie's here hey charlie how are you i'm good darn phil just hate (laughs) y'all how y'all doing though man great thank you well uh you know phil i am a little late today because they put a tuna they put the tuna in a suit and he had to sit in a meeting room and you know, now I'm just in my hotel room, kicked back, chilling. So, uh, as soon as, you know, Matt, I'm, I think, Matt, didn't you say you used to hate wearing suits, like on away games and stuff? Well, they, uh, I, I don't mind it, um, but I, I, you just, you got to do what you, you know, it's a business trip. True. True. <laughs> I much rather would have been in there. I'd much rather wear one of Ty's cowboy hats, go in there with one of his Hawaiian shirts and some jeans. Those are not some, cowboy hats, those are straw hats. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They're not. But I wanted to ask you guys, though, about this. Phil, this whole Final 12 next year, I'm guessing it's going to be can, it's going to be the same as the Final Four, right? It's going to be picked the same way. There's going to be a committee. Is that correct? Well, yeah, you get a committee, but there, there are automatic bids, not on the idea that if you win one of the, I guess it'll be Power Four leagues, uh, but the highest, because the, the committee will put their rankings out just like they do this year. And I guess that comes out um, three weeks or so. But what the, the way that those rankings are utilized is the top five conference champions in terms of ranking by the committee. <clears throat> top five ranked conference champions get an automatic bid. The top four ranked conference champions get the buy. That's how that that's how that's worked out. And so, you know, I think Sankey was talking about the idea. Well, now we don't have power five anymore. 
we're going to have to lower the number to automatic bids to the top four ranked conference champions. And then you go, I guess, the top-ranked group of five champion gets in, and then it's at large the rest of the way. They haven't agreed upon that yet, so they haven't. it's still five conference champions, top group of five conference champion, and the rest are at large. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that, and I just wondered how it kind of was going to go. But, Matt, I want to ask you something about Georgia now. I, listen, I know they have a lot of talent, but to take a guy like Brock Bowers up, so now I'm not saying they're going to just, you know, with their schedule, they're going to find a way to probably get in. But um, if they were to just say get to the SEC championship game, now, great, granted, he is trying to come back. I think they did a surgery to where he is trying to come back. Let's just throw out there he is, he doesn't come back. Uh, how much does that affect him? Because, I mean, obviously it would affect him big, but I, I know they got a lot of talent. But I think they're vulnerable. I think this thing is so wide open. You, you called out your top four. The only difference I would have, I think you said, who did you, you said Oklahoma, Georgia, Michigan. Who was your fourth Florida, team? Florida, Florida State. That is the only team, and I'm not, and please, Alyssa Orange, forgive me. Do not. You know, disband me as a regiment, you know, fan or whatever. I would actually, I don't, there's something about them, uh, that I've watched a lot of their games. I'm not saying they're not, but I would take them out of there and I would slide another one of those big 10 teams in there. You got Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan that are undefeated, correct? Penn. All three of them? Right, but they all play each other. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that, that's the way it's going to be. That's why I wish the 12 thing with 12 team playoff format was this year because there's going to be some teams like Oregon losing um, that game by three man. That's still a team to me. Now they're going to have to get some help. Obviously, what do you think about Washington, though, Matt? I mean, if they I have them at five. Them. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the call. I have them at five right now, and and it could change. You know, if Washington. Uh, when, when if, if Ohio State loses, which their Ohio State's not in my top four right now, but you know if Michigan was to lose, Penn State beats Ohio, it could change. But right now, if they were going right now, I'd have Washington at five. I like that the committee waits until a lot of conference games have been played before they put the rankings out. I thought it was week six. Why? Why am I so so far off on this? Is it week twelve now or something? Like I thought they the the playoff committee came out after week six and you started getting a. But it's we're no, we're week November. eight this week. Yeah, not until November. Uh, you know they're watching all the games, but I think it, it, it's November that they'll start meeting and you know securing themselves in a hermetically sealed hotel room for a couple of days and figure those things out and then get the rankings out. We'll just go back to the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Sterling's here. Hey, Sterling, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. First, Matt, you're not off. It, it, it has came out in past years earlier than it has this year. Uh, I just saw just a little, just a. I just saw a thing where they were celebrating the anniversary of Mississippi State being the first ever number one team in the in this. Uh, Man, I forgot about post. that. The first number one team in the playoff rankings was Mississippi State. Man, that's a good one to remember, Starling. Well done. Yeah, and that and that happened. That, I saw that anniversary uh, at least a week ago. It may have been two weeks by now. Uh, Caleb Williams. I didn't want to waste time on this because it's real. It's real stupid. But uh, for so for so many reasons. Uh, he must have watched all winning time and think that he can get a 25-year contract like Magic got back in the day. As we turn, as, as years turned out, you know, he, Magic was playing for not less money than everybody else as, as time went on. But uh, maybe he thought something like that uh, that got them going. They saw the, they saw air and saw Michael Jordan. I guess they tried to trying to be a uh, trailblazers. I guess, but uh, getting ownership is a tad bit ridiculous and. And as for these playoffs, I love Charlie, but I disagree with him on this. I don't want the 12 team, and I don't think the 12 team is good now. I have not seen one year of me watching college football that I saw 12 teams that deserve a shot at the national championship. Never in my life. Maybe six. Uh, the tops is what I've seen. And I, and, I, and I didn't want them to go four. I was happy with one, two. Uh, I, I just wanted to avoid it because uh, I was okay with the polls. But whenever we had a year like the Nebraska Penn State year you were talking about, I would like to see those teams play the uh, Washington Miami in '91. I would like to see them go at it. Uh, so I was fine with the defense, the one-two, and but in the four teams, I finally grown accustomed to it, and and it doesn't grow on me. I'm not like yet, but 
this game with Ohio State, Penn State, lose a lot of meaning this time next year if this if is the same game because both of them will be in the playoffs. And I know you plan for seedings, and I know you plan for maybe a home field game. And I understand all that is important. But it's, it's not as important as do or die. <laughs> That's a big difference, playing for seeding or playing for home field when you play for your playoff line. That's a totally different thing, and that's what you lose when you expand. We have seen it in baseball, the regular season. I mean, you got teams now, Diamondbacks and Phillies, it, it get hot at the right time, and, and it's okay for, for, for college basketball to have that format. Definitely okay for football because you play once a week. But, I mean, I want to see the best play. And, and the big games. I don't want to. I don't want to come down to attrition. To who's the healthiest at the right time? You know what I'm saying? So I don't like. To, I don't like to a team. I, I'm. I'm. I, I'm going to have to live with it because it's coming. Whether I like it or not. But you're going to lose these, these big these big games. You, you you still might hate the other team, but you ain't playing for your playoff lives. And to me, that's a big difference. Sterling, good to hear from you, man. We we got to run. We got Brett Dolan coming up in a moment. And I got to. You got to remember this about the playoff, about expanding the playoff. We can have all of our feelings and thoughts and have proof of how many teams really might be able to win a national championship on a year-by-year basis. These games are inventory for television networks. If we learned anything from the, from the, from the realignment in college football or, or the relegation in college football, it's not a matter of great matchups. It's not a matter of things that make any sense other than dollars and cents into the pockets of television executives. That's what it's about. And that's what this playoff is about, too. Because I think you're right. I mean, I love to see more games that are supposed to matter in the postseason because there's a there's an air of finality to it. But it's more about making money. Yeah. Next, you'll have a loser's bracket. You know, they'll be like, oh, well, they, they didn't mean to. They, they'll play a third-place game. Yeah, a third-place game. That's right. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. One thing that people are unaware about <clears throat> anytime they uh, listen to Brett Dolan do a uh, ball game, baseball, football, basketball, gymnastics, soccer, volleyball, whatever, Brett was the lost member of Lips Incorporated, and you just heard them singing Funky Town on the way in here. <laughs> it's quite a career transition, Brett. Um, I like you in Lips Incorporated. You're better on the radio, though. How you doing? That's the best intro I've ever had, and it, it made me laugh out loud, so uh, point Phil what i was looking for uh i got more almost more points than iowa and wisconsin combined for last week that was uh it's a good thing you know how to call baseball because you got a baseball score well i i did and uh as a hawkeye that one was uh, a little bit intense at times but uh you know it's amazing they threw for 36 yards to die while they punted for more than 500 they won the game and really were comfortably ahead other than it was seven six in the third quarter the Missouri punter threw for more yards than the Iowa quarterback did with his one fourth down heave last week. And Iowa didn't take a single snap inside the Wisconsin red zone at any point in the game, but still got 15 points and one. So welcome to the Big Ten West. I think, uh, who would I see? Josh Pate like, has Arkansas ranked ahead of Iowa in his own personal <laughs> power rankings. But yet we, Matt and I got into it yesterday. You can legitimately see a path for Iowa to get to the college football playoff because they should win their division and who knows what happens in a big 10 championship game you win the big 10 <laughs> championship man you're go. you got to go to the playoff right it's right there in front of the hawkeyes 
Well, I would think so, but they'll, they'll get tripped up at some point, whether they win 10 games or 11 games. Actually, this week they have to play Minnesota, who had a bye week. Iowa's lost their top quarterback. They've lost their top two receivers. It's it's a mess, but, you know, again, every week, if you can't score, hold your team to fewer points than you score. But, um, <laughs> you know, this will be the last year where you'll have a Big Ten West and a Big Ten East, and I think most of the Big Ten West teams – as excited as they are to win that division, will be pleased not to have to play a Penn State, Ohio State, or, or Michigan, possibly for a second time. Brett, there's a, there's a, a handful of games I'm looking at that are some top 25 matchups. I want to stay in this or go over to the SEC right now and, and ask you about Josh Heupel's Tennessee going to Tuscaloosa to beat Bama. And, and this isn't the same Bama team that, that's been you know a Nick Saban Bama team. Do you think they could be in trouble this week against Tennessee? Uh, well, you're right, right, uh, that uh, Alabama's not near as dynamic, but Tennessee isn't either. Tennessee's not to the level they were offensively a year ago. Last season was such a dramatic, exciting win for the balls in that series. I think it was a 52-49 game. It had ended a streak of something like 15 straight years. Alabama had won that game. It's kind of a sneaky good rivalry, but to be a rivalry, you need somebody to win more than once every 15 years. I think I think Alabama's going to be, and it's hard to make this analogy, kind of the Iowa, the SEC. I think they're just going to keep winning. Uh, they may not look good doing it, um, but I would probably lean Alabama. And in part, it's, it's because they're at home. But but the Joe Milton offense has just not been near as good for uh, the Vols. Difficult to get <laughs> Milton to play at the same level as a quarterback that beat him out. <laughs> right. You know, from last year with Hendon <laughs> Hooker. It's just not the same guy. Um, what do you, uh, it's a must win for Arkansas, right? It's a must win for Mississippi State. Uh, to me, it's a, I mean, it's a football game of two really desperate teams that absolutely have to have a win at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. There's just no other way to look at it. Clearly. And for Arkansas, I would think that as well as they have played, despite the fact they've lost four games in a row, having a chance or having a lead in the fourth quarter, each of those four times, this would be their opportunity to get it back in gear. It's just so unfortunate for the fans to go this long without having this team play in Fayetteville. And I hope that the team responds with a good performance that kind of gets a chance to run up some wins. It's not going to be easy to go to Florida to win, even though the Gators aren't exactly tip-top. Auburn will be a force when they come here. But, you know, you do run off three out of four wins over the next four weeks, it kind of leans towards that Missouri game again on Black Friday for a chance to get to six and get to bold eligibility. But you can't get to six if you don't get to three. And and obviously that has to be a, a key focus this week. And, you know, this is maybe where they lean on a K.J. Jefferson and some of the veterans just find a way. It doesn't have to be pretty, but get a win and get something going in the positive direction after almost an unfair schedule in the last month. Have to find a way, scrap, claw, whatever you got to do, desperate, whatever you want to use. Arkansas, this is the this is a must win game right here, no question about it. And and last week that that Oregon Washington game, it lived up to the to the hype. It was it was an awesome matchup. Do you think this Penn State Ohio State uh, can live up to the hype? How do you see this one going? I think it could be close. I don't know if it'll be as crazy. And I'm with you, Matt. That was a great game last week. I mean, Oregon had three times they went for it. Twice they, they bypassed easy field goals, and that didn't work out. Washington went for it late, fourth and goal, and did not score. And back and forth they went. I thought Oregon actually outplayed Washington for big portions of the game, but they did win because Washington was at home. So can Ohio State find a way at home? That's probably why their favorite. James Franklin has had a really good program, but he hasn't had any elite program. I think if you go back and look, Matt, at the last 10 years, if there was a 12-team playoff, Penn State would have been in it about 75% of the time. But they always seem to be in that 7 to 9 to 10 range, not good enough to be in the Final Four, but they would have been good enough to be in the Final 12. So they have to get over the hump. Um, Franklin's one for eight all time against the Buckeyes. That's got to change. Um, it's an interesting quarterback matchup because Drew Aller is an Ohio kid playing for Penn State. Kyle McCord's a Jersey kid just across the border playing for Ohio State. I would probably think the Bucks might have enough at home, but if Penn State wants to make that jump, just like you know Washington did last week, you, you've got to find a way to win one of these games before they begin this Big Ten East round robin. Um, and, and this would be the game, I, I think, for Ohio State that could allow them 
to kind of regain their footing. But for Penn State, this is their chance finally to kind of jump above those big two. You know, and you and you got Michigan and Michigan State, which is a good rivalry in and of itself. I just I don't know how good of a game it's going to be. Last year they fought in the tunnel for crying out loud. So because of that, <laughs> they changed the. Then they, they create another tunnel or change the timing for the teams to go into the same tunnel at the big house. This is a different situation now. You know, I know that when Touchdown Radio set the schedule uh, for this year, it was before Mel Tucker was was fired for obvious reasons. So maybe you expected there was a better game. And there have been years where a not-so-good Michigan State team has surprised Michigan. But at least you get the storyline yeah. of the investigation inside on Michigan and sign-stealing now. So there's a gift for you, Brett. Yeah, I did think of the same thing today. It reminded me, I, I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and I was checking in behind two Dodger scouts, and I said, oh, we're doing some advanced scouting today, are we? And they looked at me with a panic look on their face and said, no, 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 we're not. But, you know, maybe Michigan's been doing that, trying to get out and see some of their opponents in advance, which seems like kind of a big nothing burger. But, uh, you know, the, the funny part about this rivalry is, is that I think Michigan State's won 10 of the last 15 and for a while, they were the nemesis of Harbaugh, but that was under a different coach, D'Antonio, who always said he made that rivalry personal. And last year it was personal for the wrong reasons with that fight that you mentioned. Michigan State just blew a game that they had absolutely no business losing to a decent Rutgers team on the road last week. They had a chance to beat Iowa on the road, let it slip away. I don't think they've got enough. But it's a 7.30 start. It's a late night, possibly rainy night in East Lansing. Can they muddy it up? Can they frustrate Michigan? Michigan's best win to this point, I think, is Rutgers. And after this week, if they beat Michigan State, their best win will still be Rutgers. So their best games are coming. It's, it's, it's probably, I, I still think it's the best team in the Big Ten, but it would not surprise me at all if Michigan State didn't try and make this a, a ball game into the second half at some point. Brett, the, the, the two quarterbacks, I guess, in college football right now, the, the kid from North Carolina and, and, and the kid from USC are kind of considering it, and it all shake itself out. But I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what Caleb Williams' pop said and, and, and what you think about that. Is that a red flag if you were a, an organization? Uh, it kind of has a LeVar Ball feel to it almost, but if, w- would you be worried about that if you uh, drafting Caleb Williams? It wouldn't thrill me, uh, that's for sure. And I get to see him next week. We've got uh, USC at Cal, and, and, and I thought USC had been overrated by far most of this year. And if they lose this week to Utah, which they may, they're going to kind of plummet a little more. But I'm curious to see this kid and, and see him again. I saw him early last year, Matt, at Stanford, and I thought, you know, maybe he's got a chance to be in the Heisman race. I felt like it was his Heisman race to lose, and he really had his worst game last week at Notre Dame. But I would think there's some red flags. I mean, he's a good player. He'll be a top two or top three pick, but I would be a little bit concerned about the demands he's making. I don't know if he's a, a franchise-changing player, um, but but he seems to have that, that air about him, or at least the expectation that uh, the world's going to kind of cater to him. So, um, you know, the interesting, I, I, what I'll be curious to see, Matt, is if he ha- takes some lumps this week or later on in the season in the Pac-12, if that kind of brings him down a bit. Because he was the odds-on favorite to be a two-time Heisman winner as early as last Friday, and I think that's changed a little. So I don't know if that's humbled him at all or not, or whether he can prove to us that uh, he is the best quarterback amongst a very talented class of QBs around the country this year. Well, if the uh, whatever team drafts him doesn't accede uh, to his uh, demands of ownership, and the football thing doesn't work, Crazy. he's got a very bright yeah. future as an esthetician down the line. I think his nails are lovely. Uh, I've got to ask you baseball, though, Brett. <laughs> Phillies, the NLCS is over, right? I mean, there's no way Arizona comes back from this. I'm so glad that the Astros won a game yesterday because I cannot stand another layer of the baseball series that go with sweeps or that don't go the distance. I don't know if Astros-Rangers is going to go the distance, but I hope it does. But I think the Phillies already have won. I think the Phillies, that's over. I think that's a team on a mission. Why they can't play better against Atlanta and win the divisions in the regular season. It's interesting, but it doesn't matter because this team seems to be made for October baseball, and I would think they'd have a tremendous chance if they get to the World Series to win it this year. But I think, though, with the uh, Astros and Rangers, I don't know if it's a bold pick, but I think the winner of tonight's game wins the series. If it's the Rangers, it's 3-1. Houston's still not out of it. If the Astros win and it's 2-2, I really like their chances uh, to find a way to win two more games going forward. It would be nice to have a 6-7 game series. I hope we get a 6-7 or seven game World Series because I'm with you. The, 
the TV ratings have, have looked terrible because there's just been too many 2-0 sweeps or uh, 3-0 sweeps, whatever it is, that have kind of just taken whatever interest there is and, and flushed it. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. As a major research institution, Arizona State University offers the most online bachelor's degree programs, along with world-class faculty and dedicated support. Discover why ASU is ranked number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Tap to learn more.